0: Welcome to the IC Maidon On podcast. We are so glad that you've chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. Thank you, Pastor Adam, and thank all of you. I have uh, just been welcomed. You have given me your love. You have given me your heart. You've opened your heart to me during this series on relationships, and I have built some awesome relationships with you. You have uh, let me experience Maidon food. I love the food in Maidon. I love it. I love it. Now, everybody says, well, what is your favorite food? Well, I mean, there's so many. I love all of it, but my favorite is anything goreng. I mean, it don't matter. Just <laughs> anything goreng. I, I, I will eat it. And it's just been awesome. So thank you, and I am leaving tomorrow, but but I'll be back, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, to to, to just wrap up this series on relationships, I want to uh, I want to talk about uh, what I think is probably one of the most important. Important subjects when it comes to relationships that we could talk about, and and so I want to I want to hit a target today, be very specific, uh, and talk to people who are uh, getting ready uh, for dating, already dating, or are waiting for dating, single, ready to mingle, however you want to say that. And now, 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 if you are married and you say I'm done with dating, don't check out on me. Because I'm going to share some principles you can apply, but here's the greatest thing. Is you know people who are getting ready for dating or dating. And God wants to use you to just encourage them and coach them and influence them. And if you're parents, you're raising children, and God says to raise them in such a way you can guide them and direct them so that when they get older, they won't be lost in life. And I tell you, dating relationships, this season of singleness can really get you lost if you don't know how to live through this season. And where do we learn? As we talked about it, fake love, culture will tell you the wrong way to do it. In fact, our culture has gone crazy, and, and the way that 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 we do this dating thing in culture, it's it's really brought up a lot, a lot of concerns. Now, I know, I know when I talk about this, it can be sensitive. Uh, I realize that you could have a lot of baggage from dating and from singleness. There could be a lot of hurts, a lot of confusion, a lot of unmet uh, desires. But, but God is the one who created relationships. God is the one who created you and I. And, and I believe he is the best one to tell us how to do it and get it right. And, and since he created us, we ought to listen to him and not listen to Facebook and Insta scam. Come on. Because they're not real. And because culture is leading us down the wrong direction. And in fact this is kind of the way culture is is doing it right now. You meet someone and you like them and you enjoy being around them and you're having fun. So you decide to hang out a little bit more and if you're still having fun, then you start hooking up and I mean you hook your heart, you get your emotions and your bodies. Come on everybody. And 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 then, then what's happening is somebody begins to say, well, you know, you're just not the same or I'm just not having fun anymore, no more quiver in my liver. And, you know, uh, I, I'm kind of falling out of love. Or here's, here's one, you're just so complicated. You're so complex. And so we break up just to start this cycle over again. Meet up, hang out, hook up, break up. Meet up, hang out. And, and here's a principle I want you to understand that I think is so viably important. And we know this principle and apply it to every other part of our life, but when it comes to relationships, somehow we, we don't understand this. And here's the principle. Today's decisions become tomorrow's destiny. Well, everyone say this out loud with me. Today's decisions become tomorrow's destiny. We understand this about finances. We understand if we don't learn how to handle our money and spend it properly and be good stewards, if we don't save a little, learn how to invest, then tomorrow we're going to be broke. Now, we understand that. We, we understand how to handle money. We, we apply this same principle uh, when it comes to our careers. If we want a good job and, and, and we have a passion in our life, then we know we need to educate ourselves and we need to go through certification, get some kind of license, experience, or we'll end up working a job that we don't like and doesn't, fulfill our passions or meet our needs. In other words, in other words, we understand that the rhythms we live by now are going to turn into the reality we live with in our future. And I say it like this, however you practice now in your relationships is how you're going to play in your marriage and in your family. However you practice this season, and, and, and I know this about God. He said it this way in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. God said it this way. He said, for everything there is a season. Say that out loud with me. For everything there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven. Life is lived in seasons. And this single season has seasons within this season. And here's what I know. If we live the seasons well, then our life will be in sync. But if we don't live the seasons well and we and we're not successful through these single seasons, then our life is going to be out of sync and we're going to end up in some unhealthy destinations in our life. But if we will listen to God and learn God's best for our life and live these seasons successfully, they will lead to life-giving, godly dating relationships that have the potential to lead to life-giving, godly marriages where we build life-giving, godly families. And we can raise our children with life-giving, godly relationships that we can hand off to them and pass down to the next generation life-giving godly legacies. In other words, that's really why we are here. That, that's why we are, are here at I.C. Maidan. That's what I.C. Maidan is all about, is finding God's way to live life. And understand that God put us here not, not to reflect our culture, not, not to, to let the culture tell us what to do, but to set the culture, to change the culture. And if we get it right, we can literally hand off a transformational heritage to the next generation that changes culture. Instead of just being a thermometer that reflects the atmosphere, oh, what the temperature, instead we become thermostats that set the atmosphere, not only of our homes and our families, but we can change Maidan, we can change Indonesia. God can use us to change the world. And that's really his plan for our life is that we do that. So I want to just just read to you from a book in the bible called the song of solomon now this book was written by solomon who jesus said was the wisest man who ever lived other than jesus himself and and he writes this book about his relationship with a woman and really it's got kind of like five stages if you read the whole book from meet up all the way through to the last stage which is how to live faithful and create lasting relationships in your life. Now, I need to give you a warning about the book of the Song of Solomon. Yes, I do. It, it, it is a book written in poetry and they use hyperboles or analogies. In other words, the languages in in this book is is illustrations of emotion, you know. There's this ocean of emotion, and they're putting it into words that were fitting the context of their day. They will not fit the context of our day. I mean, if you try to talk like this, you're going to be a weirdo. you, you, you You can't live this out literally, but God put it in his word for us to pull out some principles and some concepts so we can learn how to build the relationships God has for us. So I want to talk about three seasons within your season of singleness. And the first one comes out of this Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 8, 9, and 10. And here's what it says. Listen, my beloved, look, here he comes. Now, Now, remember, this is between a man and a woman. And this is her talking right now, okay? And she says, listen, my beloved, look. Here he comes, leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. He's not stalking her. That's not what she's talking about right here. He's not peeping on her okay my beloved spoke and he said to me arise my darling my beautiful one come with me so romantic ocean of emotion let me put it into context for you okay they, they, they have met they, they like each other they're excited about spending time together so, so he's come to her house cuz he wants to spend time with her. And and she she knows he's out there. She heard the go-check pull up. And so she's looking out the window and her heart's fluttering and and you know, he's calling to her from the baychok. <laughs> hey, let's go to Starbucks. Or Burger King. <laughs> And she's excited and he's excited about spending time. See, see when you first meet, this, this is what I call the season of perfection. Everybody say it out loud. Season of perfection. Because everything is new. He's so wonderful. She's so wonderful. Oh, I think she's the love of my life. I think he's the one. He's so perfect. After all, you know the old saying, Chinta, ita, buta. <laughs> love is blind, is stupid, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, it's not reality, you know it's kind of like when you first get a job or or first come to Icy Medellin, everything. And then you meet the people, and we're normal people. Come on, we're not perfect. And your job's not perfect, and he's not perfect. Just come on, married folk. Y'all need to help me. Come on, married folk. Come on. Come on. I mean, reality's going to settle in. Come on. The guys aren't saying anything. <laughs> They're just sitting there. I'm not saying nothing. I, I got to go home with this woman. I mean. I want to take a nap this afternoon, pastor. <laughs> Just keep looking ahead. <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. You know, you, you think when you're dating in this, in this season of perfection, she's so different. What do you, what do you like about him? Oh, he's so different. <laughs> see, see. before you get married, opposites attract. After you get married, opposites attack. And you start saying, you're just so different. Yeah. So, so you have to understand this is a season. This is a season. You don't get engaged during this season. No, no, no. So what do you do during this season of perfection? Well, you, there's some limits you need to put on this season. And I want to share them with you right quick. If you take notes, I hope you'll take some notes here. If you don't take notes, I want you to take some notes here, because this is going to help you in your life. The first thing you need to limit is you need to limit your time. Now you're going to be tempted to want to be together just all the time. Oh, I just want to be together all the time. But you need you need to limit that, because remember, it's it's love is blind. It's you know, You need to spend time together, then you need to spend time apart. And during that time apart, you need to think, how did she respond when I said? What was his reaction when I did? When when we were there and this happened, what, what, what was their value here? then spend some more time together, then spend time apart. It's a process called the season of perfection. And you need to limit your time and understand it's a season and go through the process and and, and, and have a healthy balance. It's not that you can't spend time together, but limit your time together. The second thing you need to limit is you need to limit your talk. Now, don't leave here and say, Pastor said we can't talk. Now, I, don't, I don't mean you go out to Burger King and you don't talk. You just sit there and look at your phone. I know a lot of you do that, but no, I'm not sure sort of what I'm saying. What I mean by limit your talk is this, this is new. Do not just open your heart to someone you do not know. Don't pour out your whole life. Your, your heart is a treasure. Guard your heart. Don't, 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 don't tell some stranger all of your story, all the pain you've been through, everything that's gone wrong. And you'll be tempted to do it because right now they're perfect. But when you go opening your heart too quick, Mr. Perfect can come, become Mr. Manipulative. And he can take your pain and twist it for his advantage. Or vice versa. Guard your heart. Limit your talk. If you get too emotionally connected during this season, and this is not the one, and and the fun quits and breakup comes, it's gonna hurt more because you've become too connected too soon. Limit your time, limit your talk, and limit your touch. Oh, it always gets quiet. Both both first services got quiet. Listen, God created sex. He created emotions. He created passions. He he created all of that. He he wanted us to have it for the context of marriage. In the right season, there is a season for everything and, and a time for every activity. But this is not the season. So you limit, and listen, listen, I'm not old-fashioned, you know. I know you're thinking he's an old guy, you know. But and, and I'm not saying you can't hold hands, you know, but holding hands is pretty powerful. Now, now you need to think about it. I mean, oh, I j- just remember the first time you held hands, just and, and what it took just to get to that moment. And when you finally got there. Your liver started quivering, ocean of a moat. Come on, you know what I'm talking. I mean, in in, in my culture, in my culture, we like we, we like want to get our arm around the girl, you know, but we don't know if we can. See, so it's new. So, so we come up with cool ways of trying. So we can. Uh. You say you say, well, Pastor, you know how how. How much can I touch and not sin? That's the wrong question. That's that's the wrong question. The right question is, how far can I stay away from touching too much? In in, in fact, let me give you the best advice. Can can I give you, 58 years old, been married 36 years. let, Let me give you the best advice. When you're out with that girl, Just remember this, that the girl you may marry just may be out with a guy. So treat that girl you're with like you want the guy to treat the girl that you may marry one day. So I just say, limit your time, limit your talk, and limit your touch. Can I have an amen? Everybody take a deep breath. Then, then, then Solomon goes on, and in chapter 2, verse 14, he, he says this, and I love this verse. He says, my dove is hiding behind the rocks, behind an outcrop on the cliff. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is pleasant and your face is lovely. And she, she's just kind of hiding. Now, I'm not talking about hiding like hiding. I'm, I'm talking about waiting. And let me, let me just say this to everyone in this room right now, there's nothing wrong with being single. I want to say it again, there's nothing wrong with being single. And don't let people make you feel like you have a disease because you're single. You know, people want to make you feel awkward. Come Come on, come on, you go to a wedding. And one of your family members at that wedding, they always do it. Don't they always do it? Every wedding, one of them looks at you and says, you're next. And you could just slap them right there in front of everybody. Let let, let me tell you how to handle that family member, okay? This is some good advice for you. If you're single, in this, the next funeral that you go to, when you see that family member, look at them and go, You're next. (laughs) Waiting time is not wasting time. No, no. Waiting time is a time for you to develop who God intended you to be. In fact, in fact, we spend so much time looking for the right person, that we fail to spend time becoming the right person. See, see, while you're looking for Mr. Right, you need to realize there is this law of attraction. This is a principle. You are going to attract who you are. And that guy or that girl is going to attract who they are. So so while you're looking for that person, perfect person you need to realize this when you find that perfect person will you be the perfect person they're looking for so during this season of preparation everybody say season of preparation season of preparation Because that's what waiting time is. It's preparation time. During this season of preparation, you can begin to develop your character. Become comfortable with who you are. Know who you want to become so that you attract the right kind of person into your life. And and, and I say this. Number one, develop your relationship with God. Because you're going to want a godly person to marry. And, and to whatever that means to you. Do you want someone committed to a church like I see Maidon? Do, do you want someone that loves being with a spiritual family? Then you need to develop that kind of value in your life now. I mean, this is a great place to be committed. To be committed to a spiritual family. And you can develop that commitment right now. And as you develop it, you will begin to attract other people who are also committed to the house of God. Do you want someone who's passionate in their worship with with Jesus? Then you need to develop your passion in your worship with Jesus. Do you want someone that when problems arise, they they search God's word and find God's way, and when they find it, they're quick to obey God? Well, then you need to be a person who who when the life throws you a curve or troubles come, you search God's way. And when you find it, you obey quickly. Because as you develop yourself, you're preparing yourself for the person that God is preparing for you. Another way you develop yourself is develop a servant's heart. Because listen to me, marriage is not about getting, it's about giving. Marriage is about two people who have surrendered their selfishness. And they are giving more than they get. They're there to serve one another. It's kind of like this. In in my wife, and my relationship, we've learned to have a you first mentality. I want to serve you. No, I want to serve you. Where do you, would you like to go? No, where would you like to go? It's surrendering your selfishness. We'd been married about 15 years, and my wife never had drank coffee. I love coffee. I mean, I love coffee because I love coffee. Coffee is a hobby. I love to. I love to just drink coffee to be drinking coffee. And I wanted to share that with her. So I asked her, I said, Babe, I know you don't like coffee, but we'll find a way. Cream, sugar, something. I want you to drink coffee with me. So she did, and she started drinking coffee with me every day. So I decided if she's going to do that for me, and we do that the first thing every morning, then I decided I will get up before her, go fix the coffee, fix her a cup of coffee, and take it to her in the bed and drink coffee with her. In fact, when I'm home, I take my wife breakfast in bed every morning. All the guys are saying, shut up. (laughs) Now I need to help you understand what her breakfast is. I go to the refrigerator. I pull out her protein shake. I shake it up. I open it, and I take it to her in bed. (laughs) And all the guys said, ah. Do you know that's why you're here at see Maidon? Do you know that's why God's given you this spiritual family to develop a servant's heart? You, you, you need to go through the growth track. You need to get on the dream team. You need to learn it's not all about you, how to serve one another. And as you develop that servant's heart, somewhere the person God's preparing for you is developing their servant's heart. Who knows? You you may find yourself serving with that very person one day right here at IC Maidon. You 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 need to develop. You need to develop healthy friendships. Listen, listen. Listen. Don't live this season in isolation. Get in friendships. Build healthy friendships with people who will celebrate your singleness and and not make you feel awkward but make you feel normal because that's what you are. People who are like you. This church is filled with people just like you. And and, and they will encourage you. And they'll speak life into you. And, And they will help you navigate this season successfully. And let me tell you, the best place for you to build those healthy friendships is in life groups. You need to be a part of a life group and meet some friends and build some life-giving relationships who will then give life back to you. You you need to develop those relationships now before you get in a loving relationship. You, You need to develop your future. Don't wait on Mr. or Mrs. Wright to live your life. You 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 need to find freedom now. You 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 need to unpack the baggage of your life. Maybe of your childhood. Maybe hurts and confusion from bad relationships. From from meet up, hang out, hook up, breakup. Maybe you've had some of those in your life. And listen, we're we're not. We're not bringing condemnation about your past. We're we're trying to help you build commitments and convictions for your future. So you need to find freedom now during this season of preparation. You need to discover your purpose. God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan for your life. You need to live it out now. You need to start making a difference right now. Live out the life God has for you. It's the greatest way of finding Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright. If you will go ahead and live your purpose and make a difference with your life and run the race that God has called you to run, before long, someone will run right up beside you running the same direction at the same pace and you'll find that you're in sync with one another and all of a sudden, perfection, the season of perfection will happen and he'll start leaping. The season of perfection, the season of preparation. Now, Solomon went on in verse 15 of Song of Solomon, chapter 2, And and he said this, he said, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love. For the grapevines are blossoming. Now, let me just tell you in our language, your body's blossoming. Your emotions are there. God created them. God created them for the right time and the right season in the right context of marriage. But it's happening right now. And it's the little compromises in your life that can spoil the vineyard of love for you, that can spoil future relationships in your life. In fact, Solomon went on to say this in chapter 3 and verse number 5. He said it like this. He said, promise me not to awaken love until the time is right. Don't awaken it. And, and, And I call this the season of purity. Everybody say that out loud with me. Season of purity. Say it loud, everybody. Season of purity. Season of purity. And and, and I realize it is harder now than when I was younger. Culture has lowered its standards. and, And images are everywhere. And music says things that we never dreamed music would say. Everything in our world is vying for our purity. So how do we live successfully through the season of purity? Two things. You have to set wise boundaries. Set wise boundaries. You need some boundaries. You need to decide right now what you're going to do when this happens, when I find myself there when this is brought up, when, when I'm in the, don't wait till the moment because perfection and emotions are there. Don't wait till that moment. Make your decisions now. In fact, Paul, the apostle who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he was writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. And, and listen to what he says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Put up some guardrails. And then look what he says. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Do do you understand he's saying two things right here? He's saying set up some boundaries. and We'd say it this way. When he says run from anything that stimulates youthful lust, in my culture we'd say run, forest, run. Get out of there. Get out of those situations. And then he says, pursue the right kind of companionship. You need to set your accountability. You need to get in a life group. You need to get on the dream team. You need to realize God brought you here to give you a spiritual family. People just like you, they're not perfect. They're just like you. Some of them have got it all wrong. Some of them have got some of it right. Some of them are still finding freedom. Some of them are still discovering our purpose. Some of us are just learning to make a difference. But we're a spiritual family. And, and, And I can't hold you accountable and you can't hold me accountable unless I want to be. So you ask some people. You build some of these healthy relationships. And then you give them the right to ask you the tough questions. Ask me, where did y'all go? How late were you out? Were you by yourselves? I know what you're thinking. I don't want anybody in my business. You do if you want to navigate the season of purity successfully. You need some people in your business. Now, I understand this is sensitive, sensitive. And I understand that some of us have gotten it all wrong. And we're thinking, I wish I'd I heard this before. I, I would have, I could have, I should have. Or maybe you are new to church. And you're like, what is this old man saying? Because everything in culture says something different. The, I, I understand this is culture shock. This is against the flow. But the one who created us has something better for us. God is not trying to keep you from something. He's trying to keep you for something. He, he, he's not trying to keep you from something. He's trying to protect you from because because sex is not just physical, it's spiritual. In fact, the Bible says it this way in Ephesians chapter five verse thirty one For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh that that word flesh in its original means skinless, without skin. In other words, it's a mingling of your very souls. It ties your values, your views, your very feelings are tied together. It literally means, in in, in the original language, it literally means like taking a broom and sweeping this room and everything is in a pile. It's all mixed together. It's almost impossible to separate. That, that's, why, that's why after, after meet-up, hang-out, hook up, when you get to the breakup, it's so painful because you're literally ripping yourselves apart. Now, look at me. I understand there's some feelings in here. And maybe right now you're feeling condemned or guilt or shame. That is not from God. Listen to me, God loved you so much that he sent his only son to die for everything you've ever got wrong in your life. To pay the price for it. So, so that God could give you mercy. The Bible says his mercy is new every morning. God, God is the one who makes all things new. God wants to give you a brand new life, a brand new future. God wants to give you mercy. In fact, when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says it like this. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your sin. And by his stripes, you can be healed. In other words, God says, I'm not here to condemn you over your past. I paid for your past. And I have the power to heal you from your past. God is the only one who can. It's supernatural that God can heal the broken places that my bad decisions have brought into my life. Now, I'm not just speaking from theory. I'm speaking from experience. As I told you last week, I suffered sexual abuse as a child. And from that, all of these emotions and passions were aroused in my life. And and it led me down many wrong roads. But I found a God who loved me and who paid for my past and who had a power so great that he could, heal the broken places of my life and literally walk me into freedom from my past and, and take those experiences and build my character in such a way that he could use me to love a woman who had also been broken by sexual abuse and, and, and taught her how to, to live in such a way She could love me and and our love produced two children that we were able to raise differently than either one of us were raised with life-giving, God-honoring relationships who now are living that legacy today. That's what God's plan for your life is. And it can happen in your life. You may have come in here getting everything wrong, but you can leave today headed in the right direction. You can receive forgiveness for your past, healing for the brokenness of your life. And Jesus didn't just die on the cross. He rose again. He overcame death. He overcame hell. The Bible says he holds the keys to your future in his hand. He rose from the dead so that he could live inside of us. So that we could live this life, not in our own strength, but he would give us the power to live our future the way that he planned for us to live. That's what I want to offer you today. I want to give you the opportunity to receive Jesus into your life. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. If today you're saying, I I got it all wrong, but you believe that Jesus died for you, that's God's love. He's saying, I forgive you, and I have the power to heal you and make everything new, new. Literally make a new creation out of you. And he invites you to open your heart. It's not going to shock him. He already knows. If you'll open your heart, he can heal your heart. If you put your trust in Jesus and what he did when he died on the cross, if if you want to invite his power into your life, then here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, if that's your choice today, if you're making a decision to follow Jesus, then when I say three, I want you to put your hand in the air. And I want you to hold it there a moment. Are you ready? One, two, three. Put your hand up right now. God bless you. God sees it. God sees it. God sees your hand. God sees your hand. God sees your hand. Yes, back in the back. God sees your hand. Every one of them. God sees your hand. I want you to know something powerful is happening in your life right now. You can put your hand down. And I want you to understand while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're making a decision that's going to change your life forever. I want to lead you in a prayer, not because the prayer is magical, but because God answers prayer supernaturally. And I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer. In fact, I'm going to ask everybody in this auditorium, in this room, to repeat this prayer. You help me as we help others who are making a decision for Jesus. You may have been in relationship with Jesus a long time. You, You may have been at IC Maidon since we began, but I want you to help me and pray this prayer out loud. And if you raised your hand, repeat it with me. Heavenly Father. I'm a sinner. I did it all wrong. I give you my life. Forgive me. I believe your way is right. Come into my life. Give me the power to live for you. I surrender my life to you. I want to live for you for the rest of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me the power to live for you. I ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.